Canby New Life Foursquare Church welcomes you. We're located at 2350 Southeast Territorial Road, just off Highway 99E. We hope the following message will be a blessing to you. News may be different for everyone. It depends on how you look at it. It depends on your point of view. For someone who is burnt out at work, good news may be a two-week vacation without a lot of daily routine and demands or deadlines to meet. For someone else, good news might not be the same. It might be something totally different. For instance, the person who has waited a week to find out the results of a CAT scan, good news is a negative reading with a positive prognosis. For those who live on the East Coast right now where the people have been hammered with one storm after another, good news is a sunny forecast for the next several weeks with temperatures on the rise. For others, their lives may be full of such gloom they wouldn't know good news if it came right up and said hello. And that's why I want you to do this. I want you to open your Bibles with me, if you would, to the Gospel of John chapter 3. That's John chapter 3, and we're going to look at one verse tonight. And that verse is John three sixteen. It's a great verse, isn't it? Right away, you already know it. You're reciting it in your head. In just a moment, what I want to do is I want to recite it with you, all of us, together. I look at this, and I recognize what you're seeing and what you're witnessing is a conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus. And you've heard that story if you grew up in church and Sunday school. You've heard that story repeated time and time again. And when you read that whole passage from verse 1 to about 21, you, you recognize there are a few things that you discover about Nicodemus. A few things that oftentimes the gospel writers and other writers will leave out. First of all, you find out that Nicodemus is a Pharisee. And you wonder to yourself, well, what in the world does that mean? Well, this was a, an elite group of people. They really were. They were the best of the best in Israel. They believed in the inspiration of the Old Testament. They believed in a coming Messiah. They also believed in miracles. Imagine that. And they believed in the resurrection. We also know and learn his name, Nicodemus. What does it mean? It means victory for the people. That's what his name literally means. And then we recognize that the Bible says that he was a ruler of the Jews. What we see here is he wore three kind of hats. And maybe you're doing the same thing. Maybe there are a lot of hats that you wear during the course of a week. Maybe you run a business, so you wear your business hat. Maybe you're an employee, you wear your employee's hat. Maybe you do something here at church, so you wear that hat. When you go home, you wear an entirely different hat. And what we know about this story is God is getting to the heart of who we are. He's asking us to do this. He's saying, take off all those hats and just stand before me and let me bring to you something that you desperately need. You need good news in your life. Real, authentic, true good news. And I say amen to that. I need good news today. Uh, you need good news today. And I think that's exactly what God brings us to this place. It's here we discover what I think is the definition of good news. Because when you think about it, there are certain common ingredients that are found in good news for everyone all of the time. So once I've found good news, the next question is, how can I share this with others? How do I take the good news that God has given me and how do I share that with others? Because just the nature of good news, it's not meant to just stay with you. The nature of good news is to go tell others. When something has impacted you in such a way that's so good, the first thing that a lot of us do is we pick up the phone. 
We tell somebody, hey, guess what just happened to me? We may email, we may write somebody, but we shout it from the mountaintop. We want people to know that we've experienced good news and we're gonna share that good news with others. Real, true, authentic good news not only touches the recipient, but it can be passed on. That's just the nature of good news. I want to tell you what I think is, is found in all messages of good news. What I think are the common ingredients of good news. And I'm going to let you know right up front there are four things. You can label these any way you want. You can call them the ingredients. You can call them the formula. You can call them the pillars of good news. <clears throat> any way you look at it, it's good news. And I think these four things need to exist in every good news message. And I'm going to tell you what they are. Number one is all good news must include me. For it to be good news, I need to be brought into it. Secondly, all good news, for it to be good news, must be for me in my best interest. Thirdly, all good news, for it to be good news, must take me out of harm's way. And fourthly is this, for good news to really be good news, it needs to lead me to a fruitful life. What you just heard are what I think are the pillars of, of good news. And when you read this one verse in just a moment, you're going to be able to break it down into those four categories. Those four ingredients exist in John 3.16. So with these four things in mind, I want to read John 3.16 together. I want to read it out loud so that we can encourage each other at the same time. I'm going to put it right up on the screen here. And this is what it says. And it's in NIV. And read it. Read it with me. It starts like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. How many were tempted to do that in the King James form? I was. Yeah, I mean, I, I was reading this thinking NIV and I wanted to go King James really fast. But it really says the same thing to us. It gives us a great story. This is probably the most recited verse in all of the Bible and I think I know why. Someone once labeled this verse everybody's verse. It's everybody's verse. Anyone can read this and say, wow, this applies to me. This is for me. This verse is for the young. This verse is for the old. This verse is for the rich. It's for the poor. In fact, another way to put it is, these are the four, again, the four pillars or ingredients of good news. These are words of promise. When you read it, I don't know what happened to you when you were reading it, but every time I read this passage of scripture, there's something that just jumps in my heart. And I think the reason why is deep down in each one of our hearts, in each one of our spirits, we were wired, we were born, we were created to really know what good news is. We were able to, by God's wonderful grace, to spot it when it's said. When we hear it in our ears, it rings into our hearts. We're able to say, now, now that, that is good news. And I want to have a part in that. I want that to affect my life. This comes really from the heart. I, I love it again, and I want to say it. I'm going to repeat it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, and I'm going to do it to King James, begotten son, that whoever believes in him, they would not perish, but they would have everlasting life. That's amazing, isn't it? I hope you do this. I hope you do this in the next few days. If you would take this verse, this passage, and, 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 and listen to it. Listen to yourself repeat it. Maybe, maybe repeat it five or 10 or 15 times. Repeat it in different ways. But, but let your ears hear your tongue say it. 
because we need to be saturated today. We need to be inundated with authentic, real good news. In my life, in your life, maybe you can repeat it to each other. If you're in a small group, if you have devotions with your husband or wife, that you can repeat that time and time again. This is good news. And here's the first ingredient of good news. For good news to be good news, it must include me. How do I know that? Because the first phrase or stanza says it. For God so loved the world. Guess what? That's you. (laughs) That's me. For God so loved the world. That's who I am. I'm in the world, and he, and he loves me. I was about 10 years old, and I was at school, started the day out. I was, felt like it was a great day. Pretty soon, I started hearing reports come to me from my friends telling me that there was a birthday party in about three days. And I waited all day long to get my invitation because the one who was having their birthday party was a good friend. Waited all day. All my friends, my buddies, they came up and they said, guess what? I'm invited to Tommy's birthday party. Guess what? I'm going to Tommy's birthday party. And I thought, I'm a good friend of Tommy. Pretty soon I'm going to get an invitation. Went all day, went all afternoon, went home with no invitation. I wasn't invited. Does that invoke some memories for you as well? (laughs) I was left out. And I know this, nobody likes to be left out. Especially when it's fun, when there's a party. No one wants to experience that. And that's why God says to us, you're included, you're brought into this good news. For God so loved the world. Are you part of the world? Then you are included. Wow. That I'm included. He didn't leave me out. He wasn't the one writing. He, 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 Tommy wasn't writing the invitations to someone else. I'm glad God was writing the invitation. Because God invited me. He invited you. I want you to listen to this theme because it's being repeated and is repeated over and over and over again in the New Testament. Would you do something when we do this? Just close your eyes for a moment. We don't take enough time to do this. I'm going to just read to you a few invitations that are extended to you. You're included in this good news. Truly, truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were afar off are brought near by the blood of Jesus. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can open your eyes now. (laughs) You've just heard good news. Good news that includes you. Good news that's brought you to the party. And you could celebrate because of this good news. You see, human relationships are pretty fickle and oftentimes conditional. John 3.16 says that when I am excluded from the love of others, that will never happen with God. There are times when I have heard God presented in such a way that sounds like he had to be convinced to love me. 
There are times when I've heard things in church that God was presented in such a way that he, he needed to be persuaded to love me. And what I want to say, if you've thought that and you're thinking that now, that's absolutely false. That is not true. God created you. He doesn't need to be convinced to love you. Nobody's twisting his arm to love you or care for you. He's the one who invented the very thing that we're talking about. He invented love. God is love. He doesn't just love those who love him. He loves the unlovable. He loves the unlovely. He loves the lonely. The person who loves God, the person who never thinks of God, the person who rests in the love of God, the person who rejects the love of God. All are included in this vast, amazing love. The love of God. St. Augustine said this, one of our great church fathers, God loves each one of us as if there was only one of us to love. I want you to take that in. I want you to absorb that. I want you to make that real in your life by the power of God's spirit. Just ask him, God, make that real. Make this real to me that I am included in good news. Because secondly, for good news to be good news, it needs to be for me. That means it needs to be in my best interest. And here's the amazing thing about this. God knows what's in your best interest when you don't. (laughs) I'm glad this is in the hands of God because sometimes we want to decide that. Well, God, this would be in my best interest. And God says, no, 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 no. That's not going to be in your best interest. Believe me, it won't be in your best interest. He says, let me decide that. Let me be a part of that. So really, when you're going through struggle, when you're going through temptation and trials, and you're wondering how in the world could this be in my best interest, God is saying, it is. It absolutely is. Trust me. It's good news. Even when it may not look that way from your perspective, because now that I know God loves me, the next question is, How can I practically get to God? How do I get there? Okay, I know God loves me. God, I know that. I'm convinced of that. I know I've been included. But now, how do I get to you? Because if really you're the author and finisher of my faith, if God is really love, it's all great, it's all fine, it's all dandy, but I need to get there. There needs to be a way for me. How do I get there? How do I get to this great love that God has provided for me? Here it says in John 3, 16, the next phrase, that God gave his one and only son for me. That's how you get there. That's how God has made a way for us. That God has created a way for you and me to respond to his amazing love. It's through Jesus Christ. Jesus mediates for me. Jesus advocates for me. And he is the one and the only way to God. And I know we're hearing a lot of things and a lot of ways people tell us we can get to God. But but let's be clear again. Let's state it again. Jesus Christ is the only true way to God. He says of himself, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. You see, if you want to get to the creator, if you want to get to the author of love who is love, then the way that you get to him is through his son, Jesus Christ, and there is no other way. It's through him. 
You know, over the last several years, there have been times, during these times, I've, I've jumped on an airplane and I've taken off, and sometimes we take that for granted. But I thank the Lord when I think about it for the pilots who know where they're going. I thank the Lord for the skill they have. Could you imagine a pilot getting on the intercom system and saying, in just a moment, we're going to take off, not sure where we're going, not even sure I can fly this thing. Now, how many people are going to trust that pilot if that's his confession? I think we would have a mass exit. I think we really would. I'm getting off the plane. Now, here's the question. Why in the world would you give over your eternal destination to somebody who doesn't have a clue where they're going? People say, well, I'm not here to offend anybody. I'm just going to tell you. You can't get there through Buddha. You can't get there through, I think, 1.3 million gods that Hinduism provides for you. You can't get there through Allah. The only way to get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. And we have to be clear. We have to understand that. Now, here's the third ingredient. Good news for it to be good news takes me out of harm's way. I love this one. I really do. Because once again, if it's left up to you, you're going to wreck it. If it's left up to you, you will drive your life into the ground. If it's left up to you, you will crash and you will burn every single time. And so what happens is God comes in and he says, ah, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have some good news for you. And that good news is you're going to be rescued. That good news is I'm going to take you out of harm's way. That's amazing because as hard as you even try, when you commit your, your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe on him, he has a way of rescuing you. Now, you may get close to the fire. You may get singed a little bit because of yours and, and mine. We all confess this, our own stupidity. But God is there. He has the ability to take me out of harm's way. That if I believe that God's love includes me and that he sent his son to die for me, I will not perish. That's the message. I will not perish. That, that, that word is not a, a, a sedate word. That, that word is not an inactive word. That word is full of meaning and activity. The word perish is a word we just casually use. We just say perish. We don't even use it that much anymore. But it has a lot of meaning as to what this is all about. Because there are other words. It just simply means to be destroyed. And, and this is the picture. To be destroyed. And here, here, here it is. To be obliterated. That, that's, real, that's the literal translation. That you would be obliterated. From limb to limb, you are torn apart. You are perishing. That's what the word means. Other similar words used for perish in the New Testament are words like lost, destitute, and death. That without Jesus in the center of my life, it will be utterly destroyed, both now and for eternity. And that's why we'll always say, we will always say, here in this place, Jesus is the main thing. And we will keep the main thing the main thing. And the reason is, is because I don't want you to go to hell. The reason is, is I don't want anyone to go to hell. But more importantly, the reason is God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. God has never sent one person to hell. Not one. People have made choices 
And they bought a ticket to hell. But God never sent anyone to hell. Please understand that. You see, it says here that the good news for you and me is we will not perish because Jesus is the center of our life. And that with Jesus as the center of my life, I will be given all things that I need to be preserved. What do you need to be preserved today? What's the premium? What's the thing that you need right now? Is it peace? Because some of you are confused, you're unsettled. You can't sleep at night. Boy, when that happens, peace is something you really, you desperately need. And the Bible says that that's what God gives you. He says that, that that's what he provides for you. With Jesus at the center of my life, what he gives me is peace. And maybe there's something else you need. Maybe you just feel like whatever the circumstances you're in right now, you're hanging by the skin of your teeth. You're hanging by your thread. And you're thinking just one, one more tip. Just one more breath. Something is going to throw me off. What do you need? What's a premium for you? I can tell you what it is. It's hope. You need hope. And the Bible says that when you trust in Jesus, the good news is this. You won't perish. And in fact, he'll up it. He'll give you peace. He'll give you hope. Peace and hope, it's amazing. Maybe right now you're looking at something that's ominous and you're wondering, oh my goodness, how in the world am I going to get through this because I am scared to death. I'm shaking in my boots. I don't know what to do. I'm frozen. I'm paralyzed with fear. Maybe you're a fearful person right now. What's the premium? What is it you need? When you put your trust in him, guess what he gives you? He gives you courage. And he says to you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And he repeats it over and over and over again. And in fact, I've said this before, the most repeated phrase in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, God speaking to man, you know what it is? Don't be afraid. Now I know this. God doesn't waste his words. So why does he say that? He says don't be afraid because you're afraid. That's why he says it. It's real simple. You're afraid? He says, don't be afraid. He says, have courage. Maybe you're struggling with finances. Maybe you don't know where the next check is going to come from. And the Lord says to you, listen, haven't I taken care of everything you see around you? Haven't I taken care of the, the birds in the sky? They have a place. Haven't I taken care of all this? What do you need? What's a premium for you? What, what is it? I think it's faith. You need faith. And the Bible says that that's exactly what God will give you. He will give you the faith you need. Everything I need. Protection for my family. Personal salvation. All of these things God gives me. The Newark Theater in Newark, New Jersey. And if you've ever been there, you know that this place has been ravaged by sin. Really. I mean, that's the bottom line. And it's affected everyone. All generations, but especially the kids. There's this thing called the New Work Theater and it does a series of plays written by inner city kids and there are some pretty clear themes that emerge when they're putting all of this together. The themes that occur are a sense of being lost, a sense of being afraid. Listen, here's one. A sense of wondering what it would be like 
to live with a mom or a dad or a dog. The good news is it takes me out of harm's way. (laughs) You've been taken out of harm's way. Not only now, but for eternity. That's good news. And then the last thing here, the last ingredient that makes good news good news is that good news is something that leads me to a fruitful life. John 3.16 says this. It says this to me, that when I believe in Jesus, I not only get taken out of harm's way, but I'm given eternal life. Eternal life is something that I'm not sure I really understand. It's something that I can't honestly get my head around. I, 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 can't, I, I really can't. It's so big. But that's the way it's designed. It's designed so that you can't get your head around it, but it's also designed so that you know it's real. That eternal life for me, eternal life for you is a real thing. I understand it a little more as time goes on. As I get a little further into eternity, you know, as the days go by. I didn't understand eternal life so much when I was 12 or 13. I'm understanding it a little more in my 40s and 50s. I'm getting the idea. I don't, I don't have a corner on that market. Again, still don't understand it fully, but I understand it just a little more. And the more I'm around, the more I appreciate eternal life the more I long for eternal life, the more I think about eternal life. The more it makes sense to me. In those days that I was young and would get up and find my grandfather who was up two or three hours before me sitting at a kitchen table with a cup of coffee reading his Bible. A stoic man. A tough guy. A tough guy until you read John 3.16. Every time you read John 3.16 out loud or he read it out loud, he would cry. You see, my grandfather was saved later on in life. (laughs) I've told the story before. He was saved in a a bean field. (laughs) He's working on a tractor and he's plowing the field And he hears someone say to him, get your life together or you're going to hell. (laughs) He jumps off the tractor, he shuts it down, he looks around and he says, who bleeping bleeping's talking to me? What do you do when you're not regenerated, you know? He can't find anybody, miles around, nobody's around. Gets back on the tractor, starts it up again. He hears the same thing, he jumps off and he says, okay, let's go. Whoever it is, we're gone. We're going to go fist to fist. We're going to have it out. Someone's messing with me. The third time he hears that and he realizes who's speaking to him, he realizes that it's God's spirit. He jumps back down on the same ground he cursed God and he kneels and he accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. John 3.16 is good news to him. Very good news. He would cry every time he read it. You know, I think he knew something that comes with growing older. He knew that having eternal life meant peace with God. (laughs) He understood that. He needed that peace with God. He was a tough cookie. He also recognized it was not only having peace with God, it was having peace with others. 
He was tough on his wife. But after that, everything changed. He had peace with God. He had peace with his wife. He had peace with his kids. He was an alcoholic, but not anymore. And I think the greatest miracle of his conversion wasn't his deliverance from alcohol. His greatest miracle was he started tithing that day. <laughs> he didn't really know anything about it. He just said, what do I do? They say, you give 10%. He goes, you got it, man. This is eternal life. This is good news. I am not messing with it. But he also knew this. He knew it was having peace with God, peace with others. But probably the most important thing, good news to him, was that he had peace with himself. He had peace in his own heart. And these things were only a taste of a greater peace, a greater joy to come with Jesus Christ. And he's there now enjoying all of this. All of it. All of it. And I'm going to finish with this. Let me say this. I want to close with one last thought, and it's very simple. It's a very simple thing. How do I share the good news with others? Can you remember two things? Number one, remember that people want relationship more than they want religion. Would you remember that? You can give them all the religion you want, but that doesn't mean a hill of beans. That's not going to change. But if they have relationship with you, it makes all the difference. Let me say this. Be yourself. That's what they want. You have gifts and talents that nobody else has. And the sooner you realize this, the better you become at sharing the good news with Jesus Christ. Be simple. Not condescending, just simple. Use words and phrases that your listeners will understand, identify with. Try to eliminate all the Christianese you possibly can. Purge yourself, brothers and sisters. Purge yourself. Use language that people know. And then this, be open. Hear what the unsaved are saying. Listen with your ears and listen with your heart. Don't be afraid to exchange emotionally. Don't be afraid to be challenged. Don't be afraid to experience hurt. The second thing to remember is this, that people are lost without Jesus. Would you keep that in mind? The most important thing, keep this in mind. They're lost without Jesus. So what does that mean? That means you don't expect them to act like Christians because they're not. Pray for the lost. Love the lost. Unless someone is willing to change the good news, it can't help them. The good news is still the good news. The Bible says that when we're lost, we have three problems. We're spiritually dead, we're intellectually dark, and we're socially disillusioned. <laughs> a young lifeguard on the Atlantic coast, when he was young, he risked his life to rescue a man in the water. Modestly, he said this, <clears throat> why, it wasn't anything. You see, I was right there. It's amazing because earth's useful people are always just right there. <laughs> They're there at the hour when you need them. They are never so busy with their own interests and pleasures that they are so far off to hear when the call for help comes. They see when their neighbor is struggling in deep water and the world is full of people who say they're benevolent. The world is full of people who say they want to help. Theoretically, they do, but are never on the spot in practice. They do not see the outstretched hand or hear the pleading
soothing voice or notice the person who stands next to them in life in, in, in this lonely, lonely sphere, this lonely, lonely place. They don't see. And I pray this, that you are people who will be just right there. Be just right there, people. And others will know. Would you bow your head with me? I'm gonna invite our worship team to come back up. And as they do, I also want to invite our prayer teams to just station themselves around the sanctuary. This is what I wanna do. If you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are in a lot of ways provoked to think about that because of the message. You are provoked to think about that because God wants you to think about it. And the reason he wants you to think about it is because he loves you. Respond to that love. Tonight, respond to that love. When I come back up after we sing some songs and worship God together, I'm going to invite you to come to to Jesus Christ as as your Lord and Savior. I want to do that. I want to pray with you. But for right now, would you just, all of us, just bring ourselves to God right now. Bring ourselves to the Lord. If there's something you need to have someone pray with you about. Maybe it is provision. Maybe there was something that was said here that just struck a chord in your heart and you thought, man, I, I need to deal with it. I need to take care of that. Well, you, you go and receive prayer. That's what we do. That's how we respond to God. So be not only a hearer of the word tonight, but be a doer. Father, we come to you in the gracious and awesome name of Jesus. We thank you for the good news that you've given us. That just, this isn't hollow news. This isn't frivolous news, but this is authentic. This is true. This is real good news. Because for good news to be good news, it needs to include me. And you've done that. For God so loved the world. For good news to be good news, it's, it's for me. It, in, it has my best interest in mind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He's made a way for me to get to the love of God. For good news, to be good news, it takes me out of harm's way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish. They won't be destroyed, obliterated. They won't die. They'll have eternal life. For good news, to be good news, it leads me to a life of blessing. Eternal life has been given to me. Thank you for that. We worship you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray and we say amen and amen. You can contact the church office Tuesday through Thursday from 9 to 5 and Fridays from 9 to 3 at 503-266-4444. Please visit us on the web anytime at canbefoursquare.com. Pastor Ron and others on New Life staff along with occasional guest speakers, trust that the Holy Spirit will use the message to teach you, encourage you, and give you hope.